off-roading and overlanding it just brings people together it's it's an energy it's a lifestyle it's a freedom it's inspiring it's positivity in our world which sometimes for me feels overwhelming that was john lumia welcome to episode three of the gaia gps off-road podcast i'm wade your host in this episode we're talking about 160 plus miles of pure dirt goodness with one of the guys who mapped and carefully documented the entire rim rocker for trails off-road but first check out this great deal for our podcast listeners from gaia gps gaia gps has all the maps you could possibly need in one app whether it's off-roading hunting hiking biking it doesn't matter have all your maps in one app. No need to buy multiple apps. Gaia GPS does it all. And right now, podcast listeners can get a special discount on Gaia GPS. Get 20% off for a total yearly price of just $32. Head on over to GaiaGPS.com slash off-road podcast. Have you ever wanted to get off the pavement, not just for a little bit, but on a single trail? For days and days. Today, John Lumia is giving us a trail report on the Rim Rocker Trail with forever views, some interesting history, and plenty of great campsites. This trail may be just what you're looking for. I've been wanting to run this trail forever, so let's dive right in. So, you know, whenever you can use both hands, they say that you're ambidextrous, right? So, John, you're what I'd call ambivehicular. Because you have both Toyotas and Jeeps, which is kind of a rarity. So talk me through that. Yeah, so um, I guess back to my childhood, I always uh, grown up you know, working on cars with my dad. And my ver- first few cars were Hondas. And I used to tune up Hondas in, in high school, do engine swaps, um, all that stuff. But think fast Hondas, but not fast and the furious Hondas. So no body kits and, you know, purple yeah. and green paint and all that stuff. So I always had an affinity for Japanese vehicle. So uh, my very first truck was a 93 Toyota pickup with the legendary 22 RE. And so that kind of kicked off my love for Toyotas. Obviously, they've got a track record for reliability. So when I got out of college and I was going to treat myself to a brand new vehicle, I Ended up with a, a six-speed 2015 Toyota uh, double cab short bed. So that was that was my first brand new vehicle. Slowly, um, I started to get into harder off-roading. I and I met up with uh, well the founder of Trails Off Road, Todd. The first time I met him, he came out in a Jeep and we ran a trail in Colorado called T33. Not necessarily a hard trail, but it has a little bit of flex going on. So. I was filming him and he said, hey, John, grab the camera and film me down this obstacle. It's a little bit of an off-camber obstacle. And I just remember watching his front axle, the passenger front tire, just basically disconnect from his vehicle. You know, the solid axle just dropped. And I was kind of, at that point, I was like, whoa, like this (laughs) Jeep, this Jeep can flex. Like this is, this is insane. I've, you know, I'd, I'd always gone out with Toyotas and so. You know, I've seen Jeeps in videos, but kind of watching it right in front of your eyes, I was like, okay, there's there's something to this Jeep thing. So I started getting more into trails off-road, going to events, and then stumbled across what's called an Ursa Minor, which is a camper for a Jeep. It, you pull off the hard top and you can stand up in there. And really, because uh, camping is really my true passion, um, I actually ended up getting the Jeep because of the Ursa Minor. So I picked the vehicle around the camper. 
But back to Toyotas, uh, me and my fiance still both have Toyotas. I've got a 2005 Tundra with almost 300,000 miles and the thing runs perfectly. And then my fiance has a lifted 4Runner with 220,000 miles. And I mean, we need to have one reliable vehicle in the family. So if the, if the Jeep goes <laughs> down, we at least have a Toyota to go drive around. There you go. Well, hey, you mentioned trails off-road and Todd. Now, you are actually uh, the co-owner now of Trails Off-Road. Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, I'm the developer for Trails Off-Road. I met Todd in about 2017, um, and I've been doing coding and customer support. And as of lately, grown super passionate about doing video and editing and all that stuff. And so, you know, basically, that's me and Todd just kind of running trails off-road so it's you know you wear every hat in in the business to just keep the lights on well that's pretty cool so john what actually brought you to trails off-road then yeah so um i was and still kind of am mostly unhappy with my day job as a software engineer um and and i always knew i wanted a fun job um i always loved you know the bike industry hiking off-roading camping you know just something where it was more than just punching the clock and you know kind of at least creating code that i necessarily didn't really care about I met Todd in late 2017, September 2017. Um, I just reached out to him as a user of Trails Off-Road. I was actually one of the first about 500 people to sign up for Trails Off-Road. And the reason why I signed up and the reason why I reached out is because, you know, I I felt like I could help people find this sense of adventure with, I guess, my skill set at the time. And so basically all I needed to see um, in a trail, I just needed to see a picture and I needed to know a difficulty rating and the picture would sell me, you know, I just see a beautiful place or like a lake or a campsite, or maybe just a cool obstacle. And, you know, I was sitting there, I would go run a trail every weekend and I would get back first thing in the morning at my day job on Monday. And I would go back to trails off road and I'd say, okay, what trailer are we going to hit now next weekend? <laughs> what trailer are we going to hit next weekend? Of course I'm covering all this up. So my, as my boss walks by, he's not seeing me, you know, not working, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And so I reached out to Todd and, um, at this time I was primarily a, what's called a user interface developer or UI or UX. And so I reached out to Todd and, and, He's he's like, hey, you know, I could definitely use some help, but I need an everything person. And so um, for those who don't know, a, a website or a web application is four main parts. It's the user interface, which is what the which the user sees that and how they interact with the database. And mm-hmm. then you've got your back end, which is the code that talks to your database. And then you have your database itself, uh, which stores all the information on the website. And then you've got the server, which the which uh is all of the coding and all the processes that the server relies upon to serve up the code to the end user. So I basically had to learn everything right then and there because Todd said, I, you know, I need, I need an everything person. I need a full stack <laughs> developer. That was basically four years ago. And I've been doing, you know, a lot of really late nights coding and teaching myself all the, all the things I didn't know. So, you know, working to three o'clock in the morning, coding weekends, you know, basically getting new functionality in there, fixing bugs, trying to make it the best place for our users as as I can. Um, so it's been a super emotional ride, a lots of failures, lots of successes. And, 
you know, I, I really do hope that um, all the energy that I've personally put into it has positively impacted other people to, you know, for me, nature is a very healing place. And I want others to experience the campsites that make me go, wow, I'm just so happy to be alive out here in this beautiful place. And um, if other people can experience the experiences that I've had, for me, that's all I really care about in my path of coding trails off-road. Well, wow, that's a uh, that's a pretty good mission statement. So I know that you've got trails all around the country, so it's not just you and Todd. So what exactly is Trails Off-Road? What, who builds these great trail guides you've got? Yeah, so Trails Off-Road is a group of some of, I mean, at this point, pretty much some of my best friends and some of the most amazing people that I've, I've met um, along my journey in life. And Trails Off-Road is, is a huge group of people all over the United States. And Todd is a really, what I would say, a visionary. And his motto is, every trail tells a story. So all of our group of people, they all go out, sometimes solo, sometimes in a group. And we'll go and collect content about every trail, ultimately trying to portray the trail story to the end user. So we go out, we collect the GPX tracks with the waypoints, the photos, the video, the difficulty ratings, the history. If you name it, uh, any details about the trail that we can we can find and try to convey this emotion to the end user. We really try to have the most consistent content as well as the most high quality uh, content available to the public. So, you know, for for us who work full-time jobs, uh, such as Todd and myself and a lot of other people who are using this resource, you know, we don't have a lot of free time um, with our day job working nine to five. So we want those weekend warriors to have a place to go find that next adventure and to rely on this information to be accurate and up to date so they can make the most out of their weekends. Trails Off-Road has always been a resource for what I consider all of us here to just be average Joes. That's that's really who we are at our core. Um, we're just average people who love the trails, and we really love sharing these experiences and memories with like-minded people. For me, again, there's nothing better to, to hear that someone used Trails Off-Road to find that epic camp spot that they made new memories on, um, or they found a new trail and they shared that with their new buddies, and they met some cool people along the way. For me, I really meet some of the best people out four-wheeling and camping on these trails. Um, and I guess off-roading and overlanding, it just brings people together. It's it's an energy, it's a lifestyle, it's a freedom, it's inspiring, it's positivity in our world, which sometimes for me feels overwhelming. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I mean, you get pretty far out. You meet some really interesting characters, uh, good folks, because you have to put some work in to get out there and you know, you have that as a common bond. Uh, I know what you mean about Todd, uh, you know, saying every trail has a story. He and I have run some trails together and about halfway through the trail, I'm always going to hear over the radio. So wait, what's the story of this trail? I, go, yep. Todd, I don't know, man. I'm lost right now. I'll figure that out in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I was writing a trail for him uh, a while back. It was a nice little trail. It was, you know, there were some mountains in the background, some pretty good scenery. Uh, curved around a bunch of hills and stuff and I got back and I was sitting there and I'm thinking Todd wants me to tell a story about this trail there's got to be a story to this trail so I sat down at the keyboard and started pounding away and the first thing that came out was Maggie Mine Road has more curves than a 1940s pinup model 
<laughs> so I submit this and I get like a call from Todd within five minutes. He goes, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, go, well, dude, this thing is never straight. You know, it never goes in a straight line. It goes up and down all over the place. And uh, you're going to be turning the wheel a lot. So, oh, yeah, no, uh, he, he, <laughs> that guy, that guy can tell, tell a story and, and, you know, Trails Off Road is, is his brainchild. And, you know, it's, there's something, there's something to it. So it's, it's really cool to see these trail guides come together, especially the more popular trails or the longer trails or the trails with these, you know, this history that, that, you know, may have been forgotten about at one point, but the trail is still there to remind us that this trail was here for a reason. This trail has a purpose and yeah, we're here to tell that story. Well, that's a great segue to jump into uh, the topic uh, of this podcast, and that is the Rim Rocker Trail. Now, you and a group of Trails Off-Road riders went out and mapped all 160 miles of the Rim Rocker Trail. That was a very long trail, very beautiful trail. Yeah, me and one of my very good buddies now that I had, you know, I had no idea this person existed until Trails Off-Road, uh, my buddy, uh, good buddy Tim up in northern Colorado, that's where I live, and we go now map trails all the time together, but he's, uh, he said, hey, John, you know, Rim Rocker has been kind of shuffled around the group a little bit, um, you know, would you want to go out? Um, over, I think it was Memorial Day last year, Memorial Day, and go map it with me and my buddy Corey. And I said, oh, you don't need to twist my arm, man. That's been on my overlanding radar for, for quite some time. So, yeah, we made it a point in early spring to go map the Rim Rocker. Now, obviously, you've got some affection for this trail. So what about this particular trail made you want to go out there and spend probably several days mapping this thing? Yeah, it's it's one of the overlanding meccas in Colorado, I think for a few reasons. Um, one of the main reasons is it ends in one of the most off-road centric cities in the, you know, when people think of four-wheel drive, you could ask them, hey, name one city, name one place in the United States that has four-wheel drive. I would say a lot of those people would probably say Moab. Um, so you end up in Moab, but but uh, Rim Rocker is basically 160 miles of ever-changing scenery and environments. It has really some of the best scenery that the southwestern Colorado high desert has to offer with a bit of pine forest sprinkled in. Um, you can spend an infinite amount of time along this trail. There's so many extraneous um, activities, whether you're into hiking, fishing, whitewater rafting, kayaking, biking, of course, camping. Um, and it's also pretty accessible. I think we rated it a three, which means any stock vehicle with a transfer case can can complete the, yeah, um, the entirety of this trail. So, you know, if you're trying to get into overlanding, you know, which I classify as basically multi-day car camping. Um, this one is a really good option for that because if you're a newer driver, you're not going to be struggling over obstacles. You're going to be seeing so many different types of landscapes. You know, you start off in Montrose, which is more or less like high desert, and then you start ascending into the forest. But then right after that, you just descend down uh, back into the desert. Um, and then you go back up into the forest and then you end up in Moab. So it's very, you know, you're, you're going through so many different microclimates and environments for that reason, I would send any newer off-roader who said, Hey, I want to go do a multi-day trip. I would send them to Rim Rocker or anybody of any skill level, no matter what I would send them there just for that reason, throw in the cooler, throw in the tent, throw in some of your favorite people, put some gas in the tank and, 
and just head off into the unknown. And to me, that's that's the allure of Rim Rocker. 160 miles of overlanding amazingness in one of the most beautiful parts of the country. Hey, John, hold on right there for a moment. If you are wondering how you can access all this information on the Rim Rocker that John's talking about, well, it's easy. And the good folks over at Trails Off-Road have made it even easier with this great deal just for our Off-Road Podcast listeners. Whether your style of off-roading is rock crawling, overlanding, or even soft-roading, Trails Off-Road has thousands of detailed trail guides for you. Their unique trail rating system helps you find the right level of difficulty for your adventure. From mild to wild, you can know before you go with Trails Off-Road. And right now, Trails Off-Road is offering a special discount for Gaia GPS Off-Road podcast listeners. Just go to trailsoffroad.com slash podcast for this great deal. Remember, know before you go with Trails Off-Road. So you said that took you how many days to map this? Um, Yeah, so we started off in Montrose. And we mapped it in three days and two nights. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, you're moving fairly slow whenever you're you're mapping and taking all the video and the photography and all that kind of stuff. If a person was just going out to drive it, and what's kind of the minimum time you think that you could drive the trail? You know, I would say if you were out there and you were really kind of taking your time and, you know, and not feeling rushed and pressured, you could... I would, I would spend one night on the trail. So, you know, um, I would say a minimum of like eight to 10 hours, but if, if it were me personally, I would start bright and early in either Moab or Montrose on one day, I'd camp somewhere along the way. And then I would finish it sometime the next day in the afternoon, just for me personally, I really like to go poke around. I love to go see, there's so much plant life, so many different animals, birds. So if you're trying to go relax and unwind and detach from society and reality for a little bit, definitely get yourself one full night of camping and ideally two full days, if not a little bit longer. Yeah. So camping, what kind of camping is available there? I'm assuming there's dispersed camping, but maybe some campgrounds as well. Yep. There's a few campgrounds along the way, I think maybe three or four actual campgrounds. And then um, since a fair bit of it is BLM and there's uh, you cross over the Monte LaSalle National Forest, there is some dispersed camping along the way. Lots of good opportunities, whether again, whether it's desert or mountains. So, so John, do you know any history of this trail? Uh, how did these trails get built? Yeah, Wade. So I don't know the entire history of the trail, but I know there is a lot of history along the way on this trail. So for instance, you're going to cross it through a small abandoned town. It's called Yerevan. And Yerevan is actually just a concatenation of two names. So it's Yura, which is um, the beginning of, it's the prefix for uranium, I guess. And then uh, Van, uh, which is vanadium. So it's a contraction, I guess, of uranium and vanadium. Back in the 40s and 50s, they were basically trying to mine and scour the area for deposits. And um, there's a few abandoned cabins and just the color of the rock in a few of these places is just very vibrant blues and greens. And it's it's kind of cool to see as you're driving by. So there's definitely a lot of good mining history in the area for some of it, for sure. Now, is your van still a town or is it just a ghost town or what? Um, it's, it's just a ghost town at this point, I believe. As far as I know, it's just a, 
just a fully abandoned town that was at one point they had, you know, thought they were going to strike it rich and that was going to be the next big thing. But um, I don't believe it was as fruitful of a um, didn't quite uh, turn out the way they were anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Wasn't quite the endeavor they had in mind. So, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, okay. So we got a ghost town along the way. Are there any actual towns along the, along the trail? I mean, 160 miles, that's pretty good ways. Yeah. So, so there's actually one populated town along the way it's called Nukla. And here is a great place to fill up or find a quick bite to eat and just hang out. But yeah, you actually drive through a town and I think it's one of the only trails and trails off road where our waypoints are in the town and you can see us taking pictures of the road and cars passing by. And so it's, it's kind of a cool, I think it's pretty much the only trail that we have that, that we have waypoints inside of a town. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So you mentioned that it was a little bit higher elevation in some places. So there probably has to be some pretty awesome views. Yep. Yep. So just kind of painting the picture again. So if you start off in Montrose, you're going to start off there and that's it's high desert. Um, And then you're going to start ascending up into some forest. And um, there's a few really cool overlooks and some of the most vast stretches of aspen trees i've seen um this would be a such a great trail to go do in september uh, when the colors are changing so you're going to get up there the highest elevation is actually on the uh closer to the montrose side i believe mm-hmm. it's around 90 i want to say around 9500 feet is the high elevation and then um, once you're done in the forest you're actually going to drop down into nucla which is um, a little bit lower elevation again high high desert colorado a lot of sagebrush a lot of juniper stuff like that and then you go through uh Eurovan and you're kind of getting into some you know more like slick rockish red rock stuff like that kind of starts to look like moab a little bit and then you're actually going to send up into monte lasalle national forest so again up in the high pine trees you're going to pass through you know some really lush prairies and at the time we went there was just these vast expanses of wild irises it was it was super cool to see these purple vibrant wild irises and these really green um, meadows up in the high mountains of just after that you're heading down through some cow pastures and you're basically at that point into moab so it's um yeah you start in the desert you hit the high forest you go back to the desert and then again in the forest and then out into red rock country. So very diverse landscape of, of things to see. So it's very cool. All right. You, you brought it up. You said cow pasture. So I've got to, got to kind of dig in there just a little bit. Apparently there is some wildlife along the trail that you were taking a photo of or something and someone was videoing you and you want to tell us about that yeah if you <laughs> yeah i'm glad it made it into the the movie is a little embarrassing and not gonna lie but we we did uh make a, a video of our um of our journey last may um it's called the mapping of the rim rocker and we wanted to paint that picture of what it kind of looks like to map a trail for us you know i was like hey it'd be kind of cool to just you know make a video on what it looks like for us to get out there with the cameras and all that stuff so we are mapping a waypoint on basically heading down to Moab and I am inching towards this mama cow and her and her baby and I to really get the angle of the shot that I want I'm just very 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 slowly 
And, uh, you know, at this point, I can't see anything. I'm, I'm looking at my viewfinder and I'm taking pictures as I go. Like every every foot I go, I'm trying to take a picture because I'm like, OK, one of these pictures, I'm going to try to get the best picture I can. Well, of course, the best picture I can is where right where she's standing. And so I'm moving, I'm skirting over very, very carefully. And I hear just a, a foot move and I just scream i'll just say it like a little girl i just scream like a little girl and run as fast as i can back to the jeep <laughs> you can see the entire thing it's the intro of the movie and my buddy Corey captured it and, oh i'll tell you what i never lived that down they were giving me grief about it. they still tim and Corey and their wives still give me grief about that so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I won't say that i have played that on repeat a couple of times uh, or anything <laughs> but uh, yeah it, it is actually pretty good it so, was scary. The, the 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 females had had horns and they were facing downwards. They weren't facing up. And I I once I heard that I think and I scared her in the process. You can tell in the video. But once I heard just I was on edge. You know, looking through the viewfinder and I heard one little movement. I was gone, man. I was ran, running out of there as fast as I could. So while you're doing this, I mean, it sounds like you're out. You know, shooting a lot of video, taking a lot of photos, doing all those things. You're in your jeep. Uh, Who's driving the Jeep? Yeah, so um, I have, well, so I have taught my fiance to start driving. And again, she's a Toyota person at heart. And so I was like, honey, it's just, you got to hop in the Jeep. And she was just like, I'm not driving the Jeep. I'm not driving the Jeep. And I was like, just please, will you do it for me? And now she she likes it. So she has a good time. But I told her, I was like, you know, Anna, if, if the Jeep's gonna, if something's going to happen to it, it's the spotter's fault. So I'm the spotter is the eyes in front of the vehicle. I'm telling her where the vehicle, where I see the vehicle going. So, you know, if I send her on a really off camber section and the Jeep flips, it's my fault. Cause I told her to drive there. You know, she's a very good driver, very calculated. So um, I told her, I was like, you know, you can either f- uh, photograph, which she's super good at, but, but if you, you know, if you spot me and, and a spot doesn't work out the way you see it in your head, and something catastrophic happens, ultimately, you know, you're going to have to take the, the, the brunt of that. So, so yeah, she said, Hey, that's fine. I'll go drive. And I've, I've taken her up some super hard stuff and she does great. You know, I had her drive, you know, all of Wheeler Lake in Colorado, which is a, it's a more difficult trail. And we've got a few fives and sixes that she'll do all day long. And now I see a big smile on her face every time she gets over an obstacle. So we, um, we've been a pretty good team lately. I do a lot of the photography and spotting and she does a lot of driving and you know, it all works out. So. Yeah. She's uh, really turned into a fearless driver and you've spotted me a few times and you do a great job. So uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was really impressed uh, with, uh, with her ability to to drive that Jeep. She's great. So she's very calculated and she, you know, she's got very good, um, you know, um, sudden or slight movements and she knows she's you know she can feel the vehicle and she, again she she grew up dating guys who were really car guys and so she has a lot of driving experience behind her belt so it, it was a natural it was a natural fit for her um all right one more uh one more question about the rim rocker uh obviously you do some research before you go out there and you have some idea what you're getting into and everything what surprised you the most what exceeded your expectations the most on that trail um let's see i would say the variation of the trail in its entirety i mean again you're you're driving through high desert you're driving through mountains um i've got pictures of all the wildflowers i took along the way and it's it's 
just incredible to see, you know, the reds and the yellows and the oranges and the purples and the greens and, you know, all sorts of different types of trees. If you love nature, this is a trail that you really got to put on your list because you, it, you'll, your head will be on a swivel with all of the different types of, of animals and flowers. And it's just, it's just such a really cool, d- diverse environment out there. And I think for me, that exceeded my expectations. I knew it was going to be beautiful, but I didn't realize how beautiful it was going to be. So for instance, Montrose County actually maintains this trail. And so they've got a whole website dedicated. It's rimrockertrail.org. Um, and the, the trail is also super well marked. They go out there with the little green signs and the Rim Rocker logo, and they they make sure that this trail is easily navigable. Montrose County takes a ton of pride in this trail, keeping it up to, you know, keeping everyone updated, keeping the trail in good shape, making sure there's proper signage so people don't get lost. And honestly, there's very good reason why. It's a special trail. Um, uh, earlier in the podcast, I was saying it's it's a great beginner trail, uh, but it's really a great trail for everybody. If you're into off roading and being outside and overlanding and camping, it's you it, you got to put it on your list. And and if you maybe have a, a partner who's trying to get into this or maybe is hesitant on coming with you, but wants to see some cool scenery, um, I would I would pitch them on that because. It's just a really cool place. Yeah, it's definitely made uh, my short list of trails that, uh, oh, that I sure. need to get out there and do. So the trail ends in Moab, and you've been to Moab a whole bunch. Do you have a uh, favorite place in Moab that you like to go? You know, um, so I've been to Moab probably about 20 times, and I still don't feel like I know Moab all that well. Um but actually, to be honest with you, I try to get out of the town uh, as soon as I possibly can. For instance, uh, every time I go to City Market on a popular weekend, it gives me anxiety. Just all the people in there and everyone is scrambling to get in and out. Um, but the one place that we always do stop, regardless of the wait times, is a place called Milts. Uh, Milts Stop and Eat. And uh, we actually had a really good conversation with the owner uh, a few years back. And he's a super nice guy. And he's telling us about, um, you know, all the meat that they get from local ranchers. And they've got some amazing milkshakes and burgers and fries. So um, for me, my place that we have to stop is Milts. Um, but, you know, I'd love to learn all the go-tos, all the local hotspots. And, and you know, I yeah, there's, there's a lot to Moab. You know, for instance, last time we were there, we went to the Sushi place which is kind of counterintuitive sushi in the desert it was actually fabulous sushi i had no idea that it existed in moab so and then i know people have a i know people have an affinity for the quesadilla mobia the 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 quesadilla truck which is also fabulous but there's a lot of good stuff there and i i know for for at least for me i don't know every little good nook and cranny that moab has to offer but milts is definitely we always go to milts so yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely second Milts. The, just the atmosphere there and, and the parking lot is usually just a collection of great rigs anyway. So uh, just yep. a, a super place to go to. Yeah, Quesadilla Mobley, uh, the very first time that uh, I was in Moab, I was just out there hiking, doing arches and uh, Canyonlands and asked Siri, you know, where the best Mexican restaurant in town was and got directions and stuff, which took me to a uh, gas station, but no restaurant. 
Okay. And so okay. went somewhere else, you know, and, and just happened to ask the waiter, had he heard of this place and where, where actually was it? And he scratched his head for a few minutes and said, well, I think it's at the airport this weekend. They've got some kind of a function going on out there. You come to realize it was a food truck, but it actually is by far and away the most amazing uh, Mexican food that I have had uh, in Utah, which is saying a lot. So yeah, uh, they have some fabulous, fabulous quesadillas for sure. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, favorite Moab trails, a couple of three of them. Yeah. So my, um, yeah, again, I haven't done everything in Moab, but my favorite trail, my very first trail was chicken corners. Um, I went out there uh, to go camping and um, I never expected to drive as far as I did because my buddies were trying to camp closer to town. And of course we go out there Memorial day weekend. So we just kept driving and driving. And some guy said, Hey, Hey, you guys are almost there. Just keep going. You're going to end up at it's called the catacombs and he called it the wind caves, but I think it's, I think it's called the catacombs formally. And so once I saw that overlooking the Colorado river, chicken corners has some amazing scenery and it's a fairly easy trail. I think we also rated a three. Um, So chicken corners definitely is on my top, top list. Um, Another one, which is off chicken corners is called Lockhart basin. Um, And actually we just got back from Lockhart basin uh, we rate Lockhart Basin a six. Lockhart Basin has some serious obstacles along the way, but it's one of the most remote places in Moab. And actually, the main reason why it's my favorite is because they allow dispersed camping along the way. So a lot of Moab has designated trails to try to keep people from. Basically, it's so popular there that they, you know, Moab doesn't want all these trails to get destroyed with uh, bootleg dispersed camping. So. You know, I would say 80 plus percent of Moab is designated camping, Uh, you know, camp in the spot with the sign and everything's fine. So Lockhart Basin, amazing scenery, technical obstacles, uh, dispersed camping. It's 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 one of the most remote trails out there. And if you're in the technical overlanding, it's it's top notch. It's my favorite trail in Moab. Uh, I think it's a little bit more than Chick Corners, but just because it's it's so remote. Chick Corners is amazing, but there's a lot of people on it. Um, and then one of my favorite spots to just go hang out is it's called Hell Roaring Rim Overlook. Um, and it, you basically sit on the crest of this cliff overlooking uh, the Colorado River. And um, it's just absolutely amazing. It kind of is reminiscent of what Horseshoe Bend looks like but without the millions of tourists there. So um, it's a it's a very beautiful place to be. And yeah, I mean, again, I haven't seen everything in Moab, but, you know, there's almost too much to see for, for the average weekend warrior. But those are my top three for sure. So where can folks go to find out about the Rim Rocker Trail and Trails Off-Road? For sure. Well, I mean, you know, uh, shameless self-promotion, of course, um, you know, Trails Off-Road is a very good resource. We pride ourselves in consistent, high-quality information. Our YouTube channel has great information. You know, we also have a Facebook and an Instagram. And then for for a government-run website, the rimrockertrail.org is also a fantastic resource. And they are – that is run by Montrose County, and they're the first ones to update. I actually – we actually update our trail um, – information based on the rim rocker trail or whenever we see that they've opened the trail uh in its entirety then we update our trail guide so um yeah that's 
You can find all sorts of pictures and videos and trailer reviews, of course, on trailsoffroad.com. All right. Thanks. John, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Wade. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a real treat. And um, I'm glad we could uh, spend this Wednesday night together chatting about my favorite trail. You can find out more about the Rim Rocker and a few thousand other off-road tracks over on trailsoffroad.com. Of course, all those trails can be easily downloaded into your Gaia GPS account with the touch of a single button can't get any easier than that you can also find trails off-road on their social media pages instagram facebook and youtube and since that's so easy with the time you saved why not drop by apple podcast and subscribe to the gaia gps off-road podcast we promise we've got lots of interesting guests on deck that you definitely won't want to miss while you're there we'd appreciate it if you leave us a nice review thanks for listening in this is wade see you next time